Hey, it's Steve. In this episode, I talk with Susan Saunders at WBNQ in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. The Susan Show is proof that radio pros in all market sizes can sound prepared, professional, relatable, and topical. Despite some bumps along the way, Susan's success offers insight into what it takes to build a strong personality brand in radio. From Interprep.com, this is the Interprep Podcast. Susan Saunders, WBNQ, Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. How are you? I'm, I'm good, Steve. A pleasure to talk to you. I recommend your prep service to everyone I meet, and it's been my savior for a long time. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Susan, one of the things I like about your show is its name. It's so simple, The Susan Show. Well, thank you. It went through its own uh, metamorphosis as I'm in year 21 at WBNQ on my seventh ownership group. From local to the very biggest of the big, now we're Cumulus Broadcasting. Um, over the years, there have been transitions in that name, and of course, the first incarcer or the the first uh, version of it. And I apologize, the saws all just went off in the background where my <laughs> husband's doing some work, and I'm home on vacation. It should be over very soon. Um, the first version of the name was the Susan and Fazig Show. For ten years, I had a great partner who did news and sports and was my co-host. When I accepted the job back in December of 97, one of the privileges that I had that not everybody gets is the opportunity to choose my own co-host. And the program director, J. Pat Miller, who hired me, said, before we start looking outside into the rest of the world, there's a couple of candidates in-house I'd like you to look at that are very strong. And one of those was Chad Fazig. And he was an in-town resident working part-time at the radio station, had uh, just finished up college at Illinois State. And even though I'd already been in radio for 10 years, we were uh, the, the same age. We were only like six months apart. And we started the show with the radio station in third place and the, in the 12-plus demographics. And it only took us two years before we were first. And we had a great run together for 10 years. That ended in the worst way possible. Um, we had a, a company that was in bankruptcy. Uh, by this point in time, we were no longer locally owned. We were now a, a regional ownership of uh, Regent Communications. And while we were on our annual radio station trip, it, which was a cruise that year, I elected to get married on the radio station trip. And so my husband and I and a whole bunch of our family members and, of course, Fazig and his wife and everybody around this cruise, about 200 listeners. And we come back home from that trip, and I took a couple of extra days off to extend my honeymoon, only to get a call from my program director saying that they have made stationwide budget cuts, and Fazig was one of them. Wow. And we were the number one show for over five years straight. We had gigantic ratings, and in some cases we were over a 30 in all of the female demographics, over a 30 share, which is crazy. Right. And suddenly he's out, and my program director, who had been an off-air program director, was suddenly my co-host, and everything changed at that point. That was the beginning of many different people coming through the show, and as other people came through, the only way to keep anything consistent was the fact that I was still there. So we went from Susan and Fazig to the Susan Saunders show to about uh, four years ago when we were redoing the icon and the logo and the jingles to uh, the Susan show. And I totally stole that from Bert in Atlanta 
and I have no qualms of saying that, but uh, the, the Burt show worked for him, and out of all the possibilities we went through because of the alliteration, the Susan show is where I'm at, and we are, after 21 years, still number one. Oh, what a story, and thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and borrow, make it your own. The Susan show is a great name. Um, tell me about your day. How does it start? So I get to the radio station uh, shortly after 5 a.m., maybe 5.05 to 5 a.m., depending on how much sleep I've gotten the night before. And, of course, we're all going to bed right at 8 (laughs) p.m. Not. um, But the alarm clock goes off at 4. I'm very blessed that I live a very short commute time away from the radio station. I mean, it's less than six minutes. And I am at the radio station for the show that is going live at 5.30 a.m., but the full cylinders aren't firing until 6. So even though we'll do two breaks, my co-host also arrives at about the same time. Um, During that time, between 5 and 6, we're waking up, we're organizing all of the news details that happened overnight. We're reading Interprep for the first time, if I haven't already made it through while I was in the bathroom. Uh, waking up in the morning, like a lot of people do. Uh, I'm making the show grid. We're producing in that in that first hour of 5 a.m. the dry newscasts and sports that have been delivered to us from our sister station, WJBC, legendary AM news talk station. We share a news person, so we take the dry recorded audio that she gives us, produce it, upload it into our OPEX system, So it's ready to play multiple times during the show, include and piggyback the sponsors that are recorded, and get all of those bells and whistles uh, ready. I mean, we've already outlined so much of the show the day before that there's usually only about two to three items total an hour that are going to be something we'll plan in that five to six o'clock hour. Almost everything's planned the day before. Um, because you have your daily benchmarks. Now, uh, best benchmarks, you know, that, that we're accommodating. I still like to put together our show as a full-service music show. I think that's one of the reasons we have been successful, and no consultant can take credit for it, because they've all tried to get me to change it. Um, I grew up listening to talk radio. I grew up listening to the incredible WGN out of Chicago, Uh, I grew up listening to a small AM news station, WRHL. When you read it, it's history. When you hear it on WRHL, that's news in Rochelle, Illinois. And full-service information from your radio was what I was accustomed to gathering because my mom was a huge radio fan. She had it on in the car all the time. She had it on in multiple rooms in the house so she could have both radio stations on. And that's how we got all of our information in the house I grew up in, which didn't have cable, which did get a subscription to the local newspaper, but not a national one. And this is all, you know, predating the Internet. So if you didn't hear on the radio, we didn't know about it. Right. I treat our show in a similar fashion. And as news cycles are moving very, very, very quickly through the advent of the Internet, I think it's radio's job in a morning show to keep up with that more than putting a guy out on the corner for you to throw donuts at as you drive by. Um, So we try and be very news-centric. So we have a lot of benchmarks that are more informational than they are comedic, and we try and use our own personality 
to make that basic information just more lighthearted and more personable. So benchmarks for us in the morning are news, sports, the essentials is our version of a Hollywood headlines or, you know, trash talk, but we call it the essentials instead of something Hollywood-based because sometimes the essentials aren't necessarily what happened to Johnny Depp overnight. Sometimes the essentials are, hey, World Cup soccer, you know, you, you heard the headline in sports that the women won World Cup soccer for the fourth time in a row, um, but there's this huge protest at FIFA for scheduling other competitive soccer matches on the same day and how sexist that is. Yeah. Um, we've expanded our birthday list from being just what that sounds like. I still believe in a local birthday list and encouraging people to send you birthdays and anniversaries. And now we have that as to today. So that's our today's date in history combined with birthdays, combined with anniversaries and combined with anything we might need to celebrate such as uh, wear red because it's heart awareness month with the American Heart Association. Or, you know, today we need to know that it's National Hamburger Day, so we're all going to go get hamburgers, and they're free at these restaurants. Um, so those are the major benchmarks that we start with. Gotcha. How do you plan your show? How do you lay it out? Some people use Trello, some people use Google Sheets, some people use plain old paper. I am a paper girl. Um, I, I start out with that sheet of paper that has all of our time slots available right there at 5.15. Because I can't see what's on the log for sponsorships and a variety of other live endorsements. Um, so I start out that show grid with required liners and schedules from the program director. Prize contests or benchmarks that we already had included um, where the lives are going. So they can sound a little more seamless and a little less presentational. And then a set of notations down at the, you know, the bottom of the, of the page of here are topics that we want to bring up today. And let's find places for them. So before they make it to the grid, I'm, I'm so old-fashioned. I just use the note function on my iPhone um, to write down movie theater cat problem or uh, neighbor with trash, whatever it would be. Sometimes my co-host and I will talk about those things ahead of time. We try and save a lot for the air, um, but if I have to let him know, hey, tomorrow we're going to talk about how I got arrested, we'll use Facebook Messenger as our generic list of topics because that's a way in studio for us to send links and lists and things back and forth on our desktop computers faster and easier. I think that's a good idea. So how willing are you to uh, bump a feature? And maybe there's a breaking story at 7.30 in the morning. How willing are you to bump something that's scheduled, go ahead and run with it today? Um, if it's not sponsored, of course, is the corporate answer. I'll bump anything. And I am 100% committed to being the first place you're going to hear something. I've tried to work with other consultants and program directors who wanted you to save everything until tomorrow. And I don't know what they really expect you to do with it. Um, you know, when you when you read it today, it's, it's news on the internet. By tomorrow, it's off the cycle. 24 hours is all you get now. 
And I think it's very important to be the first on a lot of things. Now, if, if it's a matter of scheduling a guest and getting an expert opinion, then that means the topic is big enough that it needs a part two. So I will take any opportunity if something is large enough and immediately go with it the first day. It's very rare that I'll hold on to something for the second day unless it ties in with a, a sponsorship or some other event. So I'm, I'm as current event oriented as you can possibly be, which doesn't sound like the typical top 40 morning show. And yet here we are. Yeah, well, you did say you're willing to do a part two, and I'm like you. Um, if it's breaking, I want to get it on the air as quickly as I can. So, Susan, uh, you talked about using Messenger on your phone and in the studio for communicating with your co-host. You use notes uh, on your phone as well for show prep. Any other tools or tricks you can share? I think you don't realize it until much later in your career how relatable the small stuff is. Yeah. And so the longer I've been in radio, the more notes I take about observational day-to-day items. I mean, it's great to have that opportunity once in a blue moon to say, oh my God, I was at the Chicago Sox, White Sox game, and my husband and I met so-and-so celebrity, and here's our picture, you know, those those big da-da moments, and, you know, wasn't that great? Um, But the more relatable topics that are going to take you farther are talking about your garbage not getting picked up. For me, I think the one topic, at least in the last 12 months, that has brought more people to me on the street to talk about the radio show or to talk to me and feel a connection with me was the death of my dog. I was very open about it on the air. After it happened, I was on vacation the day that it happened, which happened to me my birthday. Wow. Oh, that's the most horrifying anniversary ever. But my dog was our fur baby, and he unexpectedly passed away in a mysterious way at the age of 10. Uh, Big old St. Bernard is kind of memorable in your neighborhood and amongst your friends, especially when he was a really great dog that everybody loved. And it took me three days to even bring it up on the air. But the day that I brought it up, I tried very hard not to cry failed. And now from that moment on, every time I meet somebody new, they tell me about how they cried with me on the way to work the day I told them about Harley Dime. Huh. You know, it's, it's, you've got to be open to being yourself and to being real and telling the dirty and the ugly and the sad as well as the happy. If you tell nothing but happy news all the time, no one's going to believe you, and you're going to have no credibility. If you do nothing but snark all the time, you're just an asshole. So you have to give people reasons to see you as a fully rounded person. And so that means showing all of your colors. Yeah, that's some good advice, Susan. So you talk about bringing your personal life to the show, and I noticed on your bio page that you met your husband on Match.com. Is that a bit of a recurring topic, dating, and the fact that you met him online? Every single time somebody talks about meeting online, there's still at least five people in the audience that flinch and think that that means you're with a perv. Um, no matter you know how much of the population is is meeting demographic specific folks in dating applications, when I met my husband on online, there were only two 
online dating websites and match.com was one of them. And I was just messing around with it and actually messed up. I thought I did a 10 mile search <laughs> of people that had these certain elements to their personalities and their wants and desire. And I accidentally uh, had searched a hundred mile radius <laughs> and found myself chatting with Derek before I realized how far apart we were. And I, I and it turned out to be the most wonderful thing because he had no concept of me on the radio or as a personality. And by the time I was single and, and he and I were dating, um, that was, I, I was just very well known in this town. So it, dating locally was kind of awkward. Um, so that turned out to be the best thing. And I, and I constantly use that when anybody talks about meeting online to defend the people who believe you're only on Tinder um, if you want to have sex or you're only on the internet because you're an idiot. Um, I say, you know, hey, it's for busy, wonderful people like myself. And 14 years later, we're still happily ever after. So don't knock it until you tried it. Amen to that. Susan Saunders of The Susan Show, WBNQ, Bloomington Normal, Illinois. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Always a pleasure and best of luck to everybody who is investing their time and energy into this business. I've lived through a lot of times when people thought radio was coming to its end and it is still here and I think the best is yet to come. And that wraps up this episode of the Interprep Podcast. More episodes can be found at interprep.com slash podcast. And, of course, you can subscribe in most podcast apps. If you've got a topic you'd like to hear about, a question you'd like answered, or maybe there's a radio pro I should talk to, email me, steve at interprep.com. Hey, remember to subscribe to our free daily show prep email. It's at interprep.com slash free. If you're a busy radio pro, you need to upgrade to Interprep Pro. Request sample issues at interprep.com. I'm Steve Holstein of interprep.com. I'll talk to you soon, and have a great show.